Better Systems. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condit. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. As we take you until noon, we will hear from Mitch Sherman from The Athletic coming up here in about oh, 20 minutes or thereabouts. Uh, we did have a, um, well, Max Olson from The Athletic mm-hmm. was going to join us about the uh, Iowa State State of the Union, the football t- state of the program, not State of the Union, State of the Program uh, piece that uh, they've The Athletic has done a great job. Oklahoma State's out today, by the way. I read it this morning. That's an intriguing one for me. Did you see it? Did you read it? I haven't yet. Read it. Um, I felt the same way. Glad I did. Defense going to be their calling card. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot on Sanders' plate is where this team is going to go, as you would expect. I was really position. pumped up with Spencer Sanders last year, and there were glimpses, mm-hmm. but it was just that. Well, he got hurt in game one, don't forget. He did, yes. He is really talented, mm-hmm. but injuries. Right. You just With guys like that, you never know. Right. He could be, could he be the best quarterback over Spencer Rattler in the conference, over Brock Purdy? Does oh. he have that kind of upside? Um, no. No. Could it be the second? Good player, Trey. Yes. Good player. I mean, Rattler... I, st- I still think... Rattler's the number one pick in the draft by sure. most people. But if he doesn't throw 50 touchdowns and five interceptions, it's going to be a disappointing year for him, yeah. too. Yeah. Which is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And the, what if Oklahoma goes 9-3? and three? Oklahoma goes 9-3? and three? That's a huge disappointment. I mean, they're picked as a... As a well, not by everybody, but a lot of people as one of the four playoff teams. I like him. Mm-hmm. They but got I mean, a bunch of transfers interest. They 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 reloaded with some guys that should have immediate impacts. Gray, the running back, mm-hmm. he's really good. Uh, they they got some guys. They'll be that tough. defense made such oh, leaps and bounds improvements last huge. year from what they were at the beginning of the year. But of course, they lost to Iowa State early. Mm-hmm. They really should have lost the Texas game. Yeah, they were here on fire yeah, to win that right. one. And they had another loss early in the season last year, didn't they? Did K-State pick, pick them off That's, last year? Yeah, absolutely right. They were very close to being a three-loss team last year in the regular season. Mm, we'll we'll see. I mean, they're favorites for a reason. Not all, yeah. not uh, doesn't mean that they're going to get there or not. You know, I was thinking, uh, driving in, is this the worst month of sports? July. Yeah, I mean, take the Olympics out of it. We get them once every four years. Right. Take the NHL, the Stanley Cup playoffs, the NBA finals. That's June. Because mm-hmm. they're normally done. Normally in June. Yeah. July to me is the worst month of sports for a couple of reasons. The All Star break, yeah, that we get the week off there. I'm going to watch the home run derby this year, I think, because mm-hmm. of the young stars in it. Normally, that's kind of a well. If it's, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. Um, but it's the it's the slowest month, and that's okay because mm-hmm. it's a pretty special month weather wise. Usually, as you're just crawling towards football and training camp, I think it's the worst month. Well, and wouldn't we normally in this year? Wouldn't we be getting the World Cup in July? Yes. I know it's in, since yes. it's in Qatar or Qatar, depending on it's, your pronunciation. Yeah, when is it now? December? Yeah. Right. Because, well, it's in a desert. Mm, right. <laughs> Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be playing in 120 degree temperatures. So that would have helped. But again, that's another one of those every four year events. Yeah, I think you're right. And I don't think it's close. Because though we get training camps at the end of the excitement that that starts to build. Right, the last few days of July, yeah. As it pertains to actual sporting events. Right. Yeah, it's baseball. 
Because August, yeah, nobody watches pre. Yes, you do. <laughs> a lot of people, they don't want to admit it. You might not watch the whole game. Uh-huh. But you know what else you're doing in August? You're starting to put a little bit of effort behind you who you're going to draft. Yes. I got the second pick. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you're, but you're working on your fantasy teams, right? And your football's crazy, and your college teams are on the field, and they're going through their fall practices. And baseball's still good, but we're in August now, and the trade deadline's come and gone. Uh, July's the worst month. We talk about the best month, and you say March, I say October. We're splitting hairs. They're both really good. good, Right? But I think as far as the one that trails the field, it would be July. Because August, you do have football. Right. And even that last week, high school football begins of August. Mm -hmm. We get week zero of college football. Mm -hmm. Preseason games have come and gone, and they're coming to the end, but still, that, though that fourth one always stinks. Right. Only so, three now, though, this year, right? That's true. That's true. Hard knocks is on. How does that work? How, how are they going to Which is going days? to be the throwaway game? Right, because the preseason, how it been structured here over the last decade? Game one, play a series or two. Tops. Game two. You're talking about starters. Into the second quarter. Game three, mm-hmm. you're going to play a half. Mm-hmm. And game four. You're not going to play. You're chugging beers on the sidelines. Right. Because right. you're not out Ball there. caps turned around backwards. Right. Didn't wear shoulder pads. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. You're not playing. Yeah, there's no hip pads in those pants. Right. You are not out there. So how will they handle Good, Fair question. Um, I, You know what? I think like normal, just week four is... See, and this is... With, with losing week four, week four, well, the starters could, could not care less. But there's a lot of jobs won in week four mm-hmm. by a lot of guys that are you know 50 in the late 40s early 50s on that roster right. fighting clawing for a roster spot or a spot on a practice squad which has expanded so that's uh that's that's a negative but how are they going to handle it and we've also seen the evolution of some of the young coaches and older coaches too Andy Reid being at the forefront with the Sean McVay's not playing their guys. Matt Nagy, mm-hmm. not playing their guys right. hardly at all during the preseason. Now with the last game, does that make it where you get your work in the first two weeks and week three becomes now that throwaway game? Well, because it's, what, there's two weeks now between the end of week three and the start of Is the Is that rate. how they structured it's, it? It's a pretty long gap, okay. seemingly. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. All right, uh, enough of football for now. I want to go back to yesterday uh, with uh, with kind of a carryover story, right, baseball-wise. So Josh Donaldson, Monday night. I, my days are so mixed up this year. Yeah, what's week. going on with you I don't there? know. <laughs> Earlier in the week. It's Thursday today. It's Thursday okay, today. Just to recap. So Donaldson hit a home run against Giolito when? Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> and crosses home plate, and he starts rubbing his hands together, you know, the sticky stuff. Mm-hmm. And apparently said something, and blah, 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 and Giolito. He had a really good line, uh, you know, we're, you're in last place after the game. Mm-hmm. kind of. But Josh Donaldson wasn't done yesterday. Do you have the sound? Can you find the sound bite? Yeah, I got, I got the clip here, Josh Donaldson's reaction after being called out by Giolito mm-hmm. after the game of his move and calling him classless. Here's Josh Donaldson. He didn't have really much to say. You know, he, he said that he thought it was annoying. I said, so what? I'm on the opposing team. What do you care about me? And I said, I'm in your face. I'm telling you what I, what I think. What do you got to say about that? <laughs> and he didn't have any response. 
Because Donaldson's was piping up, or, or was it? Yeah, Donaldson will say it to my face. You got mm-hmm. something to say? Say it to my well, face. Well, Giolito said the same, same thing. thing. Right. And so Donaldson found so, him in the parking lot yeah. after the game and went to his face. That doesn't happen a lot. No. Especially in today's right. age. Everybody's buddy buddy. Uh huh. Except for Josh Donaldson and Lucas Giolito. I think it's good for the game. Not necessarily the fact that, you know, they're carrying it outside off the field type of thing, but, um, it's, it's certainly going to make for next time that these two face each other, I mm-hmm. would think. That's certainly going to be something that you tune into. In a lost season for the Twins? Yeah, this is one. We'll mm-hmm. see if Donaldson's still around or if they trade him away for a bucket of balls. He's still owed over $60 million, yeah. though. Trent, you know what? He's one of these guys that just, their body broke down. Yep. Body broke down. Um, what's his Twitter? Bringer of rain or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, he's a he's a he's a good player. He's a good third baseman, but he's this is who he is. He's a dick. Yeah, right. He he's a dick. And Giolito he, called him a blanking jerk, a pest, pest. And that's he exactly. could have used another name. Could have used the what I probably should have used the what he used. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of the same thing. So we'll see where that goes. It was certainly entertaining. Speaking of uh, throwing dirt on a team, that's happened the last couple of days with the Twins mm-hmm. trying to battle back a couple of nights ago as they came back, lost seven six, and then yesterday just. It's over. And I was reading Aaron Gleeman at The Athletic. The first, Trent. I know. You know, I am not optimistic. I don't. Well, except for a couple of weeks ago, you came bouncing in because you'd done the math in your head. Right. And they only have to go. Yeah. <laughs> they play 600 baseball the rest of the way. Yeah. And 48 hours later, you yeah, wish you didn't say it. Right? But coming into this year, I was optimistic with the Twins. I looked at everything that they had done. This was their year. I agree with you. I thought it's not just you. The roster. I love the depth a lot more. The White Sox had that initial injury. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the White Sox depth at all. And I, this is all coming together. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in a place where not only are they going to win the division, they have a chance to maybe get the number one right. seed in the playoffs. Yes. Maybe that means that the Yankees, Yankees would be on the other side. Come there. Right. right. And here's the thing, Trent. I'm telling you right now. This Matt Shoemaker guy who I watch pitch in Toronto, you guys picked him up. He's he's not an ace, but at the back of that rotation, he's going to be a factor. Well, they cut him today. <laughs> Whoops. Him his, what was the ERA? Six or eight, whatever it was. It was way too many. Uh-huh. It just, it's Buxton getting hurt. Again. Again. Um, it's some of the pitchers, you know, not living up. There's Pineda hasn't been able to answer the nope. bell. When he's out there, he's good. Yep. But that hasn't been up. Cruz missed some time. He Donaldson did. Donaldson got hurt in the first inning of the year. Yeah. Right? First play of the yeah, first to bat. Right? Uh, yeah. Running down to first base. Uh making the turn to second. Making the turn to second. Limped into second base, was pulled a half inning later, mm-hmm. and maybe should have been a sign of things to come for this year's twins team. It's frustrating. Thank goodness. And we're only halfway through and, the, and yeah. I agree with you, and they're out. I and so how, how my viewing habits change. Because there's hockey and NBA going on, that also changes Well, there's things. only two more hockey games left, so. It's going to be a sweep. Yes. You should have bet that before. You, you said know, how good. much how you By the in. way, I, I, I kind of feel bad for, for Canadians fans. They, they uh, petition mm-hmm. the Quebec government to allow more people in. They wanted 10,500 in the state, in the state and in the arena, rather. Bell Center sits uh, somewhere around 20. Okay. They were turned down. So it's 3,500. Yeah, 3,500. rest yeah. you stay outside, shoulder to shoulder. We're not letting you in the building. But maybe there. that's a good thing because I think they're gonna, uh, their team is going to be swept. I'll be shocked if Montreal wins a game. I'll be glad if they do. And then we get ready for NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. We'll see who a comes week out of tonight, It. I believe it's a week from tonight. I When you mentioned that, I, I looked at NBA.com. And uh, do they have schedule, a schedule? 
it is still TBD. It is Suns versus Hawks or Bucks. Yeah. And it says TBD. So I think what we said, if it goes seven, they'll push it back. If it ends in six, though, it will begin, like you said, next mm-hmm. Thursday. So, so they start on a Saturday. I don't know where they'd start, though, if they yeah. get a game seven. So Thursday, game five tonight. Mm-hmm. Then th- Saturday and Monday is game seven if necessary, right? Right. That'd be a good way to end the long weekend. Absolutely. Sign With me up game, for that. Little, game seven, maybe Young's back, maybe Giannis is back, maybe we'll be back after these this quick timeout. Uh, with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, look forward to catching up with him, name, image, and likeness. Uh, we'll do the Big Ten West, maybe some Nebraska. Well, I'm sure we'll do some Nebraska talk uh, as well as he covers them over there, but a lot on the Big Ten West with Mitch Sherman when we resume on Miller and Condon. It's 1460 KXNO and 106- k Iowa provides the largest, longest-lasting, most durable, clog-free gutters available, matched with excellent installation and customer service. And I can say that because I have k gutters on my home. The K-Guard Iowa team is devoted to providing customer service, expert workmanship, clog-free gutter systems, and a friendly experience, all at an affordable price. Visit the website, kguardiowa.com, and they'll provide you a free estimate. K-Guard Iowa. Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at renter's warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renter's Warehouse guy, he lets Renter's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renter's Warehouse guy lets Renter's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renter's Warehouse guy, he sleeps. Sleep soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free rental price analysis at Renner'sWarehouse.com today. That's Renner'sWarehouse.com today or call 515-528-44. Wolf Roofing has learned a few things over the years. We understand that no one wants their home improvement project to drag on. So at Wolf Roofing, we plan for your project well before we set foot on site. As a result, most projects are done in one day. We also know quality is important in the big things like a proper installation and in the details like cleaning up well and using magnets to find stray nails. Find us on the web at wolfroofing.net or give us a call 225-88. Baseball Life. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Condon, welcome back. 1125 on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Uh, 6 o'clock tonight, Barnstormer Weekly. Joe Stacy and company will be on the air at 6 tonight with Barnstormer Weekly. Let's go uh, west, shall we? Our friend Mitch Sherman, he's based in Omaha. Of course, that's where the College World Series uh, took place. And boy, oh boy, Mississippi State fans. Mitch, uh, 
I don't know how many bars have. They're all restocking today. I'm assuming, <laughs> uh, but they uh, they had some fun after the uh, after the championship last night. I saw a lot of pictures. The Hilton Bar uh, was absolutely mobbed, as I'm assuming most of them were. How are you, Mitch? Quite an event last night. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. A little tired after last night, uh, but it was historic. I would say there's never been an invasion <laughs> from one school like that for the college world series championship. Now, Nebraska and Creighton have played in the event, um, but were always eliminated earlier. So it never got to that peak moment. And of course the fans from Starkville and other parts of Mississippi had to travel much, much farther than those who support the Huskers or the Blue Jays. So that's, that's incredible. Um, you know, LSU, Texas are famous for bringing thousands of fans, but it's never been a scene like what we had. And really not just last night, but all throughout the three-game championship series, Mississippi State fans just filled the 25,000-seat mm. stadium. And, you know, in the, uh, I believe it was the Tuesday night game, you couldn't get tickets for under $200. So um, really, really uh, impressive showing. Uh, in the seats, and they had a lot to do with Mississippi State coming back after the loss on Monday night to win that series against Vanderbilt. You know, Mitch, I know you love college baseball. It's kind of part of, I think, just the city of Omaha and where you've grown up. Here in Iowa, not as big of a deal. In fact, Iowa University of Iowa is the only program at the D1 level still left in the state. Great numbers there in Omaha. We know LSU fans. We talked about that earlier, how they travel. Nebraska, Creighton are there. How can the NCAA build the sport? What what would be done if you could wave a magic wand to improve both the visibility of what is a great sport? Is a sport that has mm-hmm. that passion and has a passionate fan base, but taking it just for what it is in the ACC and SEC and making it a a, a nationwide kind of sport? Well, it could adjust the season, and we almost went into July with this College World Series, yep. about three hours, two right. hours short of, uh, of uh, a game that ended in the month of July. If there had been a rainout, which almost happened on Tuesday night, you could have had a, uh, a third game on July 1st this year. Of course, you know, no difference between June 30th and July 1st. But um, the idea there is you could move the season back a few weeks and start it later for those teams in colder weather environments. And I think that would be important for those programs. It would be good for the fans. It would get the uh, programs in the Big Ten and some of the the, uh, the smaller leagues that, that play in northern environments on more equal footing with teams from the south. Uh, I don't know that you're ever going to even it out completely in an outdoor sport like that, um, or uh, you know, an outdoor sport that 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 can't be played in cold weather. Um, so there are some other things. The the NCAA has done some partnering with Major League Baseball in recent years. Uh, a couple of years ago. There was a, a regular season MLB game at TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha on the eve of the College World Series, and I think that definitely created some interest that in, in, in baseball circles that went beyond just the college game and got people uh, aware and interested in what was going to be going on in that stadium in the days that followed. There was a plan last year to bring the Major League Baseball draft to Omaha mm-hmm. and run it in conjunction with the College World Series, and of course there are always a number of players who are picked in the first or second round or high picks in the draft who then 
star on the field in Omaha. So that got canceled because the draft got canceled and CWS got canceled last year. And in this season, they've moved the draft back to put it with the all-star game. So it'll be in a couple of weeks in, in, uh, in Denver, but uh, perhaps that's something that could come back into play down the road. If they, um, if they, if we'll see how this works out with the draft being in, in mid July, as opposed to mid June, I know, I know, uh, some college coaches are happy about that. But they don't have uh, recently drafted players worrying about their oh, sure. their, con- their impending contracts while they're trying to t- imagine that in in football. Imagine <laughs> that in in yeah. if if you had the college football playoff going on and and the starting quarterback was uh, was recently the number one mm. pick. So um, that's basically what baseball has dealt with in recent years. But it, you know, having yeah, no, the draft no, no right there, it. Yeah, uh, it does it does create interest. Uh, Mitch. Um, one of those guys that's going to hear their name called is Jack Leiter, who is, I don't know if he's the first overall pick. You saw him, right? Uh, he pitched on Mon- game one. When was game one? Mm-hmm. Monday? Um, Monday night, yeah. So give us a scouting report. Of course, this is Al's kid. He doesn't throw with uh, with his left hand, uh, left arm, like his dad did. Um, but Jack Leiter, since he got to Vanderbilt, we've been hearing nothing but this guy's going to be a major, major, major uh, pain in the butt for the opposing team once he gets to Major League Baseball. He's going to have a long career. From what you saw, was, would you say that that's accurate, that this is a can't-miss, and obviously injuries are one thing, uh, but a can't-miss prospect and, and worthwhile of being a top five, if not the top overall pick? Yeah, I think so. I mean, in, in comparison to a lot of the other great pitchers that we've seen uh, come through Omaha in recent years and, and on all teams, but especially with Vanderbilt, I mean, that's a program that produced David Price and yeah. Walker Bueller and um, others who are now mainstays in MLB starting rotations. Uh, Jack Leiter looks like he's right in line there. And, you know, he looks like a guy who's been around pitching his entire life. Mm-hmm. It's not just his dad. His uncle, Mark Leiter, was a longtime big league pitcher uh you know jack doesn't look like a 21 year old on the mound but the command that he has of numerous pitches he's just a seasoned guy who understands how to make uh the right pitch in the right spot doesn't get overwhelmed by the moment and you know you'd expect that for somebody who grew up around uh a pitcher who 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 lasted i believe 19 years in the Mm. big leagues for al Leiter as a pitcher so um jack's got that that uh that same kind of um demeanor about him that helped his dad have the kind of career that he did that he did and, and he's got he's got quite an arm he's got great stuff too you know he, he gets it up there in the 90s got a um a pretty devastating slider that um was strong against mississippi state in the uh, opening game of the of the CWS, and he's just been in college for two years. Um, you know, last year was uh, the pandemic-shortened season, so really this is his only full year of college, but he's old enough at age 21 with baseball where he can go into the draft and will go into the draft, and you'll see him on July 11th find a uh, you know a future big league club. I think he's a can't-miss as far as being a big league pitcher. Um, you know, so much will, will be determined down the road on what kind of success he has. Well, it's July 1st, and that means name, image, and likeness is upon us in college athletics uh, in the future. A guy like Leiter be be able to make some money in endorsements. He'll just do fine. <laughs> yes, he'll be all right. Runza over in Nebraska. They're already making headlines as they're offering uh, some deals to the University of Nebraska athletes. So as we descend upon this, your takeaway, you've been at college athletics and watching it for a long time. And there's people that point at places like here in Iowa, like Nebraska, that this is going to be an advantage for states that don't have professional sports. How you see it? 
Yeah, I think so. I think if you're in Iowa City or you're or you're in Lincoln, um, that then you know you have in your in your administrator at those schools, or you're a recruiter at those schools, or you're a student athlete at those schools. You're in a different spot than uh, somebody who plays at TCU or Miami or or mm-hmm. USC, where there's so much competition within the market uh, among pro sports. And those pro sports are always going to be the uh, you know the dominant. Um, they're going to have more eyeballs on them than the college sports in almost every situation. So um, in Nebraska and Iowa and, and, you know, a lot of places within the Big Ten, there are, uh, you know, there's an opportunity to be on the big stage, and, and now there's an opportunity to cash in. So uh, we saw the situation with uh, or the deal that was offered by Runza, the um, restaurant, fast food restaurant, um, the other day, and, um you know that just that just allows uh, 100 student athletes from any college in the state of Nebraska, not just the University of Nebraska. I saw um, a football player from Nebraska Wesleyan, a football player from Nebraska Kearney, who signed up for that that promotion. You know, really just a good PR move by the sure. restaurant. You know, it's of course going to get um, you know people going to to, <laughs> to eat runzas uh, because they know they're supporting college athletes in the state of Nebraska, and you know it's probably not a big money maker, but um, you know, cool, cool way to get started, and, and an opportunity for for not just the uh, you know the starting quarterback or the starting middle linebacker to uh, to get some NIL money, but uh, but really anyone who's a student athlete at at, uh, at any college in the state to have a to have a chance. As you look at this, Mitch and Mitch Sherman from the Athletic is our guest. What what could go wrong? What's the fear? Uh, that you, what, what's the, I guess the, the one line you've heard the most from people who just don't want this to happen, uh, that are fearful that it's going to change college sports as we know it. I'm going to withhold judgment, um, to just to see where this goes. I'm glad that they're being able to capitalize yeah. on their name, image, and likeness. But when, when you hear people that are completely against this, what's their number one, I guess, uh, concern, complaint, or pushback? Well, it turns these, athletes into pros in some sense um you know i think it opens them up to more criticism uh when things don't go well on the field to play um are they going to be prepared to take the same kind of shots that uh fans might hurl at uh, a 25 or 30 year old professional athlete because i think for some people the amount of money that they earn isn't necessarily going to matter they're going to figure that these guys are fair these men and women are are fair game and can be criticized like pro athletes because they're out there earning money mm-hmm. off of their uh, ability to play play sports in many cases in most cases there will be some who earn money from their name image and likeness for things other than their ability to play sports you know you see the the uh, occasional um, you know non-revenue sport star who's an influencer on social media and it doesn't necessarily have a lot to do with um, you know, his or her success or ability on the on the playing field. It's just the way that they market themselves, and uh, you know those those student athletes are going to make make money too. But for the most part, it's because they're they're good at the sport that they play. So if they're not good at the sport they play on a given day, um, you know what happens then? Is it a different d- different uh, environment, a different scenario, different uh, type of feedback than um, you know what you find in this. Uh, age of you know supposed amateurism you know i've also heard some concerns from from college coaches um from high school coaches about the amount of time that student athletes are going to are going to spend on marketing themselves on you know trying to make money uh off their name image and likeness and how that's going to affect their readiness and their and their uh, ability to prepare to to play the sports that they're recruited to play at these schools and to spend time on academics um, so there's a lot that they're going to have in the air. They already have a lot 
to juggle with academics and athletics. And now you put this into the mix and, you know, not everyone is going to handle it right. Not everyone is going to be responsible and decide, make that decision. Hey, it's time for me to study for this chemistry test on a Tuesday night instead instead of spending three hours, um, you know, trying to make a few hundred bucks on Instagram. Bill Moose is out as the athletic director. Interesting timing to say the least. Mitch, uh, kind of fill us in how this went down and some of the names that are be banding about as the new athletic director over there. Overall, Bill Moose, a success or still too early to tell even as he's on his way out? Yeah, we'll see with the success that Scott Frost and Fred Hoiberg ultimately have. Those are his two premier hires. Um, you know, Bill Moose did preside over the athletic department when Nebraska unveiled plans and then and then broke ground this year on the $155 million athletic complex that'll be the new home of the, the football program in, in, in 2023 and really an asset to all student athletes on campus. So, you know, that's going to be part of his legacy at Nebraska. Um, you know, he was 70 years old and, you know, the, the, uh, the end was coming at some point for his career. You know, he, he never disputed that, but his contract ran through the end of 2022 and this was abrupt last Friday, mm-hmm. unexpected, I think, by most people. Um, you know, clearly there were issues involved beyond just the fact that he was ready. He was, you know, going to retire at some point. Um, I think the expectation among him and, and most uh, who observed this thing with this athletic department was that he would he would play out that contract and he'd be in this chair for another year and a half. But um, the decision on the timing of his retirement, once the, the, the uh, inevitable retirement became clear, it did not, was not up to him. And I think that's in part just due to the, uh, the situation that we, we find ourselves in in college athletics. You know, with what's happening today with name, image, and likeness, it's important to have um, an athletic director yep. in, in charge who is not looking at the next 18 months um, as, as his runway to retirement, but, um, you know, as the start of something that's really important for the future of, of, of his school. So that wasn't Moose. Um, you know, I'm not saying that, that, that he wouldn't have seen it as important, but you know, in his, in his own worldview, um, things were, were winding down. They were coming to an end and Nebraska needs, um, um, you know, needs more than that right now. So the timing of this was moved up. Um, as far as who's going to, who's going to be the next, the next person in charge. Um, you know, I think that there was a chance that this thing was going to end really fast. Um, that it, that it, it would, we would have already seen somebody um, introduced that Nebraska Nebraska leaders have have known or have have been planning for you know at least a short period of time that this was going to happen with Moose. So I, I think they had people on their radar, and now it appears that it's going to go well into July, um, at least a couple more weeks. Uh, it's not going to, I'm, I feel comfortable in saying this is not going to happen before the holiday this weekend. So it opens it up to, uh, you know, really a large pool of candidates. Um, the names that came up at the beginning that I thought were most legitimate were Jamie Pollard yep. at Iowa State. He's staying, he not, not coming to Lincoln. Uh, said it this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nebraska did target him, did want him. That was legit. Did they contact uh, him, do you thing. think? I do think there was contact, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I, be, I believe that uh, you know whether whether the uh, you know the chancellor at Nebraska and Jamie actually spoke. Um, I, I can't say that for right. sure, but I do believe that that he knew that Nebraska was interested and, and he's staying in Ames and, and and rightfully so has a great thing going there and, and you know a football program that is pretty far above what's going on at Nebraska right mm-hmm. now. And I think that Ed Stewart 
at the Big 12, the associate senior associate commissioner, um, former Nebraska linebacker, um, was or perhaps is a candidate too. But, um, you know, with Stewart, there's a potential future um, as a replacement for Bob Bowlesby mm. um, in, in that seat as the Big 12 commissioner. And he's been in Dallas um, with the Big 12 for a long time. So it's not a slam dunk. It's not something where you can just call him home, um, similar to what Nebraska did with Scott Frost three years ago from UCF. So uh, we'll see. I expect it's going to go in a different direction and, um, and that Nebraska is going to probably bring in a sitting athletic director from somewhere um, somewhere outside, you know, Trev Albert's name is going to continue to be mentioned until he's no longer in the running. The uh, um, the athletic director at the University of Nebraska at Omaha mm-hmm. is also a former All American linebacker like Stewart at Nebraska. So um, that's another another direction that Nebraska could possibly go. But um, you know, Trev is uh, you know an, oh, he's an Iowan. Um, he's uh, not not relevant to this discussion, <laughs> right. but I thought I'd bring that up for you. Yeah. Um, he uh, you know he's he's happy where he's at with the Mavericks, and uh, you know we'll we'll see if he's uh, if he's even viewed as a candidate. Mitch Sherman from the Athletic. Mitch, uh, thanks for jumping on. Always informative, uh, and glad the timing wise that we were able to get you today after the uh, College World Series, a huge event for the city of Omaha, uh, finally concluded. Thank you, Mitch. We'll talk to you down the road. Appreciate it. Absolutely, good to talk to you. Yeah, guys. good thanks. to talk to you, Mitch Sherman from the Athletic. Uh, and no surprise, Nebraska would have been doing their job if they had not reached out to uh, Jamie Pollard to yep. gauge interest, and he turned them down flat out. Good to have somebody that's wanted, right? Yeah, absolutely is. And the timing-wise never made sense. when, And I think fans of, uh, of, of Nebraska very quickly, as they're trying to find their replacement, their favorite, mm-hmm. they identified what's going on over here. Understanding that right? they saw it firsthand. Yeah, Not an easy place to win. No, they, they've, watched, they've watched their school pummel the school in Ames for years. 77 no to 3. Yeah. I mean, just... Uh, no longer the case that um, Pollard, and he's brought that fan base together, mm-hmm. and that's terrific for them. Uh, we will take a timeout. Trent's play the day. How did you do yesterday? Oh, yesterday, yesterday, yes. Oh, well, I took the free square, White Sox over the Twins. Uh-huh. That was an easy one. And I think... You had the under in the Mets-Braves game? <laughs> I did not. I wonder what that was. They scored 25 runs. Uh, eight and a half, probably. runs. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might have been all that I gave out, though, yesterday. It was just Oh, yeah, because we were really tight on time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we had like five seconds. Right. Um, I, I hope that if you, if you played baseball yesterday, uh, folks were betting the overs. So did you go back to that well again today? Well, Trent, there was 204 runs scored in 15 baseball games yesterday. Speaking of that, here's the totals of the games just going through blindly. 10, 10, 8.5, 8, 7.5, 8, 9 and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half, seven, eleven, and nine. So you just blindly bet them all. Yeah, you would have made the boatload yesterday yes, if you blindly you bet the over. And then uh, again, there was the average was thirteen runs in every game scored yesterday. Crazy. Miller and Condon. Back to uh, Dot I's Cross T's. P of the D. Coming up next. 1460 KXNO. Unicorn of Cleaning. Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve 
improve the quality and playability of your field. And our marketing and communication services can help you promote your facility business. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do for you and your... Come to Delicious. If you plan to buy a franchise business or you're thinking of starting a new franchise, there's a lawyer right here in Central Iowa that can help you through the process. Rush Niggett, a Brick Gentry Law PC, has set up an affordable service to help individuals considering buying or starting a franchise business. Learn more online at RushOnBusiness.com. Let Rush Niggett help you buy or start your franchise. Rush Niggett, the franchise lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. It's good to have Rush on your fun you can bet on. Final few minutes here on a Thursday. Murph and Andy in an hour and ten minutes. The Fanatics at three. And then uh, Barnstormer Weekly tonight. Joe Stacy and company, they get underway at six o'clock. A couple of farmers markets. Uh, Grimes is underway. The Grimes Farmers Market. They go tonight. And, of course, Valley Junction. Big one downtown in West Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a fun time down there. It's been a while. We haven't made it yet this year. And now that you kind of say that. I was thinking of trying something to do that might be on the agenda here later, uh, early evening. Give Tara the cash, duck into G-Migs. Well, I like to do that. Right. Get a cold one. It doesn't hurt. And they have great beer and great food at G-Migs, they, too. I'm a big fan. Big yeah. fan of uh, yep, TVs, and I uh, used to enjoy doing the Monday evening quarterback. Oh, that's the, right. Uh, and then the, what do we call it in basketball season? Well, whatever we called it. Anyways, it was fun. G makes good people and uh, uh, have fun tonight at the Valley Junction Farmers Mark NCMIC uh, sponsors all of those promo uh, spots on uh, farmers markets throughout Central Iowa um, tonight. Basketball wise, you too in? early, too early because you want to see who's playing and who's not. Got to do more research. How that is pertains. there a line posted? Or are the are the shops holding off? No, there is a line available right now. It is currently bucks by three. Bucks by three, okay. Game five in Milwaukee, yep. pivotal mm-hmm. game five, as we know. It is. What, 70, I had that number at the beginning of the playoffs. It was 82%, I think it was. You win do, game five. Win game five, right. You go on to win the series, which I think makes pretty good sense there. Game seven would be Monday night if indeed oh. they do split here in the next couple of games. Um, hate to do this to you. you. Don't like anything? No, I'm going against your Blue Jays today. It's on a Canada day. day. It's a bit. Oh, what? It's crazy, right? So they're playing at noon mm-hmm. because it's Canada Day. It's a holiday yeah. up there. They forgot though. They play in Buffalo, where it's not a holiday. Well, the Canadians though can still flip on the TV and they yeah, can watch that's their a good squad. Point. And they can't go across the border to watch no, them. No, no, no. I think it's still closed, right? I'm is pretty it? sure it's still closed. How different it is, huh? Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yes, it is. I uh, like that one. Okay. Other um, than that, who's pitching? It is uh, Kikuchi. For Seattle, who yeah. I bet on a lot this year, yeah. I've liked him uh, against Ryu. Ooh, is having a pretty good year? Yeah, but plus 175 for the Mariners. That's the reason behind it. Minus 200 on the Blue Jays. No thanks on that one. And um, uh, Seattle got him late, right? They came back. Mm-hmm. Jays' bullpen is awful. Going to uh, start up in our TV show. I mentioned I'm going to bet on the Astros every game against the Indians. The four-gamer starts tonight. So I will be jumping aboard there. Huge price, though. 
I have to get three out of four to make it profitable. That's what the Astros have to do, even on the road against the Indians, even looking at the pitching matchups here. And it starts tonight with minus 185. We'll see if we can scratch out some income. So two plays, a big favorite, the Astros, and a big dog with the Mariners. Do you have high No, that was last night you had high yeah. school baseball. How'd that go? Indian old. So Blake was the player of the game. He I'm was. assuming that's a... Casey Blake's kid? That's Casey's son. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's a sophomore. Okay. He's really good. I saw him play basketball in sub-state against Johnston. Good ball player. Talked to Casey a little bit before the game. Uh, he likes to kind of pace around as Does he's he? watching his son compete. Yeah. And, and, his, and his son pitched, right, last he night? He did, yeah. Had a home run. Huh. He's just... That Blake Athletic name, family. Huh? Yeah. Goes a very, very long way. So that was cool to see. Indianola's good. Norwalk's good. Norwalk won it last year in 3A. Mm-hmm. They're up to 4A, though, this year. They're 25-3 and now. Wow. After they lost Game 2, they uh, will have Waukee in their sub-state. So this weekend is when they make the arguments for the sub-states and how seeding goes. In baseball, it's super important to get the number one seed in your sub-state. One plays the six, two versus five, three versus four. After those first-round games, the top remaining team gets a buy into the sub-state mm. final. So you can basically pitch your number one pitcher both in the first game and then in that sub-state championship game That's an advantage. if you get the number one seed. Right. So the record, obviously, is for Norwalk. They're 25-3, and three, but they play mostly 3A schools. Waukee, on the other hand, their argument is, look at the schedule we play time in and time out, and they all get so together and they argue So when you say this, it. they actually gather in a room and... The, the six coaches comprise it. And they all make their pitch. And then they vote. And they vote... And it goes through, and however the voting That's process different. works. Because in the old days, when I was playing, it was you beat a 4A team, you get four points. You get a 3A, three points, and on down, you add up how many points you have on your wins, and that's how you rate it. That's how you're kind of put into the bracket. Wow, that's really different. Yeah. So where does the, where do these debates happen? I would guess over Zoom oh, right now. now. I'm sure, yeah. I, I know in the past it was conference calls, and there's different times that they have, I know for basketball, they have actually gotten together for these. So do they have a time limit? All right, make your case, your two-minute clock. That's a great question. Maybe next time we get Cuellar on, that's that'll be pretty, a question. That's I would cool. love to be a fly, fly on the wall for one of those, especially a contentious one, yeah. like this one has a chance to be, just to see Interesting. what the arguments do. <laughs> right. And a lot of, I mean, almost all these baseball coaches know each other really well, too. So it's guys that they've coached with or just known, so you get that part of it. I had never heard of that before, yeah. Trent. That's, that's, that's something. That's really cool. All right, uh, so we're, you're in against the uh, Jays. you got uh, the Mariners at 12.07 and uh, the Astros in all four of the games uh, this weekend. Uh, Claxon's tomorrow. We will do that. Claxon, BBQ Online. Claxon, BBQ Online. Our first name image likeness from the Cyclones I've seen, Brees Hall. Is on Cameo. Is on Cameo? Mm Mm-hmm. I hope it works for him. I really do. For all of them. Miller and Condon, talk to you tomorrow. We're weekdays 10 to noon on 1460 KX and Owen 106.3 FM.